Well, hello and welcome back. It's gaming from the first age and I am first age. Yep, I'm back for another podcast. Welcome more bobbins about tabletop role-playing games for about, well, the aforementioned not more than half an hour. So I hope you're all comfortable and, um, you know, uh, settled. Maybe you've got your cup of tea or maybe you've got your hands in the sink and you're doing a bit of washing up. Uh, now, the astute amongst you may have noted that I have changed the opening music for the podcast. I have indeed. Um, and this is further to feedback from my listeners. That's right. You've been writing in. Thank you very much. Really welcomed. Um, it was suggested to me that the previous music um, was just a little bit too stirring. Uh, it, it got the blood up a bit too much, you know. Uh, if you've got your hands in the sink, uh, really, you know, out they come and you're off onto your charger, bread knife in hand, you know, um, uh, uh, tea tray, perhaps uh, as a shield. And, and you're riding towards, you know, um, endless lines of, of evil hordes to protect your homeland, shouting a familiar war cry. Um, and then the music stops and you feel a bit daft, really. Uh, and then I come on and I, I sort of talk about tabletop role-playing games for 25 minutes. Well, incongruous was the word that was used, or if it wasn't, it should have been. Um, so, so yeah, I've changed it. I was. It was suggested to me, actually, that I should cleave much closer to late night radio too. Not sure how I feel about that, really, but I kind of know what they mean. So that's what you've got. But the music is terrific. It's by Ketzer. And it's called Onwards, Upwards. And that felt right for this podcast. Um, upbeat podcast about tabletop role-playing games. Speaking of upbeat, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what this podcast is not about. It's like a prelude, if you like. It's something to whet the appetites for later. Pathfinder 2nd Edition. I, uh, I've mentioned it before. Well, I'll mention it again because it's fantastic. And I'm having a really, really great time with it at the moment. I'm GMing a game. Shattered Star. It's a first edition uh, adventure path. We got to second level. The players are all enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. The game is smooth and very simple to run. Uh, I love it, but it's only second level. Now, I think I might try and get some help with a full Pathfinder second edition podcast. Um, I'm, I'm relatively new to it. I, I, I do run it. And I've played a little, but there are others that know it and understand it much better than me. Indeed, there are others who perhaps understand and know D&D and various flavours of it a lot better than me. I'm not really a big D&D expert, so maybe I'll bring somebody in. In particular, I, have, I was recently challenged by a podcast by the Dungeon Muser, uh, Kevin Madison. Uh, do look him out. He's great. He's got um, a podcast, he's got his own YouTube channel, a little bit of Discord on the side there, uh, and he runs lots of games. A lot of second edition AD&D recently, and he knows his D&D inside and out. All the different editions, levels, uh, weird supplements, you know, that are on the side that you would never even heard of. He's using them, blending them, and creating great fun games for his players and on a recent podcast weaving in some themes from rpg a day 2020 uh he was looking at um 
starting and, and, and whether he might look to start with uh, a new system. He's done a lot of AD&D 2nd edition. He was considering, you know, do I, oh, do I have a go at something else? And he came to some conclusions, I think. And on the way, he mentioned, of course, Pathfinder 2nd edition as a, as, as a viable alternative to some of the games he runs. And he has run Pathfinder 2nd edition. His observation was, great game, uh, brilliant for one-offs, uh, good for low-level play, but, you know, you get to fifth level and it breaks down. There's too much going on. It's too complicated. Uh, there's just literally just too many moving parts. And actually, it doesn't support the type of play that he really wants to have at his table. And I started to wonder, well, uh, good point, really. You know, does it break down at higher levels? And I want to go in at 10th. I want to go in at 10th with all the features. You know, I've just got the Advanced Player's Guide, you know, for a system um, that's got too many options. They brought out a book with too many, you know, with a whole pile more options. Uh, wow. So it's great, but uh, will I get confused? Will it be beyond me at 10th level? Or how will play feel at that? So I'm going to try and find that out and bring somebody in to talk about it. So that's to come. But the main segment of our uh, podcast uh, today is going to be about, well, it's going to be about generic systems. What are they? Are they? What do they bring? And how do they compare with finely tuned, well-bespoke systems for very particular uh, games? Let's look at that in more detail next. So then, generic systems, what's that all about? Well, I could list a whole load of them because there are a whole load of them. Did it start? Did it start with basic role-playing worlds of wonder? Maybe not, but it's certainly early. Basic role-playing cleaved very closely to RuneQuest. D100, percentile games, Chaosium, great box set, lovely ideas. Moved on in some ways now to the BRP, the basic role-play gold book. You can do all sorts with that. So there's there's a starter. And there are others. Fudge, very, very tasty. GURPS, of course, I've mentioned before. GURPS being generic universal role-playing system. Clues in the name. Silcore. Silcore. Ooh, I'm getting out there. Heavy Gear. DreamPod 9. Can it's sort of Canada. Um, sort of Canadian uh, science fiction. Why not? Um, Omni. Yeah, I've talked about Omni. Wonderful, wonderful game. Um, yeah, you can see my tones dropped a little bit there. I'm just feeling a little bit, yeah, omni. Anyway, uh, Cypher, fantastic. Um, yeah, Genesis, is that the game for me? I keep saying Genesis, maybe. Every when, every when, clever name, Phil. Every when, you know, Barbarians of Lemuria, but generically applied. And already there are source books for, oh dear, Weird West, or sort of Weird West, um, uh, uh, sort of Victoriana science fiction, uh, cyberpunk, there's loads more to come. Wonderful. Uh, Savage Worlds, a real stalwart of the generic scene. Brilliant. Fate, Year Zero Engine, SRD out now. Um, brilliant. To name just a, oh, just a few, just a few. Um, I mean, some bright spark might even claim the D20 SRD uh, applies as well. Who knows? Well, these games, you know, they're interesting because they all, they support multi-genre play out of the book with, you know, skill lists, 
um, other character-defining elements and equipment rules that can apply, could apply across the ages and beyond. You know, they'll they'll have subsystems that enable horror, science fiction, uh, maybe supers, modern day, and of course, epic fantasy. And I guess, you know, out of the book, with the possibility, really, of blending and warping all of these elements into some kind of rich sort of science, fantasy, weirdness, confectionery. Um, tailorable, so you can take bits and take other pieces. All good. However, the question remains, really, are generic systems, almost by their nature, the sort of lukewarm puddle between the Mount Doom fire of the One Ring and the spoked ice of Burning Wheel? Are they just a bit bland and grey? And if they are, is that why I like them? That's a bit of a worry. I think there is something to be said for them, you see, Miss Elf. Uh, I've played and used quite a lot of them. And I, I would suggest that if you find one that you really like, one of the aforementioned, or indeed even funkier ones out there on the web, then at least in theory you could just stick with that really and play out games in any genre you like just using that game. On the way, you know, uh, the huge advantages. I mean, you would gain deep mastery of the actual system itself. You're far less likely to be sort of scrabbling about for a rule because, well, you know them all. I mean, sessions would flow and your system dedication would sort of translate to fast and effective rules application including such you know, Byzantine areas as encumbrance and grappling, if the system even bothers with those areas at all. For me, they have to provide a consistent set of mechanics seamlessly across multiple genres. Ideally, and here's the trick, and it's rather difficult to do, with some dials to provide tonal shifts to those mechanics to reflect different styles of play too. Perhaps you know, changing hit point pacing mechanics or adding character elements for certain types of game. Some generic systems are more toolkit, giving you solid support to build your own game from the elements. Some that might be regarded as generic systems have a system intricacy to them that makes such a sort of seamless experience or blended experience more difficult. I'm looking at 2D20 perhaps, or, or Powered by the Apocalypse games. Though even there, a generic expression of them could be shaped and promoted as, the, if you like, the generic version for those systems. And I, I'd, I'd say both of those uh, particular systems are, are quite knowingly tailored to particular settings, though. They are designed uh, exactly so. Generic systems, you know, brilliant for running at conventions. I mean, all your games will use the same rule set and you can focus on other key elements of the gaming experience without sweating a brand new system with perhaps deceptively varying mechanics. You just simply would be able to cleave again to the one system and you'd be able to run that throughout the convention, particularly if you're you know, running two or three, which I know some of the Iron GMs out there love to do. I wouldn't say that all generic systems are quite universal, though. GURPS may claim to be both. System really does matter, and generic games will come with assumptions of playstyle baked into the mechanics themselves. And regardless as to how multi-genre they may be, 
Savage and Fate will play very differently at the table. Both excelling, of course, at pulp action with big heroes. I'd say Fate perhaps takes a slightly more of a modular toolkit approach, and that certainly appeals to me. A game of uh, mishaps, misfortunes, manners, money and marriage in Georgian England wouldn't be best served by Savage Worlds. Well, I mean, not unless there was a focus on, you know, gunpowder, duels and chases through country house lakes. There might actually be something to that, you know. Giving your D&D fighter a lightsaber and calling her a Jedi probably isn't enough. Soft skinning of games can go so far, and indeed supposedly bespoke systems have been genericized by doing just that. Many of them have. Personally, I would generally run a specialised game that is primed for a particular play experience out of the book. You know, if I'm doing heroic fantasy, I, I will reach for uh, Pathfinder 2. Though, I mean, even then, even then, I might also reach for Omni uh, as a generic system if I want a lighter framework to hang my elves on. I remember, and I, it's some time ago now, uh, 1984, a journey down to the game shop on the moor in Sheffield, my hometown, to buy a copy of the new Avalon Hill deluxe box set of RuneQuest 3rd Edition. It was a serious amount of money in those days, uh, and on, well, whatever income I was on at the time, uh, not much. Maybe with the film Threads just being released, with the bleak and unrelentingly despairing depiction of my own hometown, the victim of a thermonuclear attack in a global war, well, I don't know, I probably just thought, yeah, I may as well buy it. It's incredible to think of those tense and frightening times. It was so real back in that day. Reading through RQ3, I decided I wouldn't need any other role-playing game ever again, as I could do everything I wanted with the contents of this slightly flimsy box, especially for the money. I had a vision of a science fiction skinned game using the same mechanics. I even had this sort of daydream at the time that it had my name on it and I did a lot of work on it and out it went. Ah, heady days. Well, I look at my gaming shelves now and I'm afraid I can only roll my eyes. My suspicion with generic systems is that there is no holy grail here. No one-size-fits-all system that can really accommodate not only multiple genres but multiple playstyles to fit subgenres or emulate particular fiction or indeed other media. Why? Well, because as I say, I think system matters. And it matters enough that bespoke systems closely tied to a particular in-play concept will inevitably deliver a very close-fitting and well-tailored experience in-game. Now, many Powered by the Apocalypse games are like this. PBTA, blended to adapt to a particular setting or looking to accentuate particular themes in play and providing sharp mechanics, usually through custom moves that draw this into play. What's important? How can that be accentuated? And where does the game system help you to do that? I highly rate the One Ring at delivering the quintessential Middle-earth experience 
I never thought I'd see the day. Systems for long journeys that can oppress due to the shadow. The group of PCs are a fellowship with fellowship points to help recover hope from the despair of the lengthening shadow. Brilliant. Character features and specialties drawn from the pages of the literature. Even the combat system itself is semi-abstracted for positional play, reinforcing interlocking roles as a group fighting together against the foe. And on and on I could go about the One Ring. Throughout the game, it's deliciously produced, developed and designed to give you that Middle-earth play. So, perhaps the notion of finding one generic system to use universally across all play is a bit of a false argument. Now, I know some GMs who maintain a, a suite of, I don't know, half a dozen systems and the various games that they use. You could keep any number going from low to large, depending on your budget, probably your mental faculties, and the amount of spare time that you have. Me, well, as those of you who probably know me, I, I just buy too many of them. And sometimes I have to relearn them a bit when they eventually get pulled off the shelves for an outing. You know, that moment when you look and think, I really ought to. I really ought to get that game out onto the table and played. It's been too long. It's gathered too much dust. And, you know, you pull it out and you think, oh, yeah, how does this work then? And you have to kind of relearn it, or at least I do. Um, you look for those uh, memories you had that you know when you played it before. Well, if indeed you have played it before, and you have to relearn it. Um, and I have to say, sometimes this process of relearning is actually for a convention one shot, which is even more embarrassing, really. I think there is probably a, a sunk cost fallacy element to this, where you just think, I've spent the money, I better play the game. Um, not particularly an efficient way of going about things. Uh, one generic system, and well, you're always primed and ready to go. But I have to say, there is something about the process of pulling that dust-laden book off the shelf, or indeed clicking on that folder in your drive and looking at the PDF and thinking, yeah, I'd like to have another look at that. It was good. And I do quite like that. There's a, there's a part of that process that I actually do quite enjoy. And maybe, you know, when it comes down to it, there's the rub. There are so many great games out there that do so many fantastic things. I don't necessarily want to tie myself to one generic game system, as mechanically efficient as some of them really are. Perhaps there are just good systems and slightly shonky ones with the categorization of what works and is good, a deliciously individual one, and mattering really only insofar as them providing fun to the gaming table. Maybe that's it. So, if that is it, well, I can't really see myself running all my games ever onward using, well, one of the aforementioned, let's say, the Genesis system, for example. Though I really must run something using the Genesis system at some point soon. I do keep blithering on about it. I think that probably is it, actually, for now. Some reflections on 
generic systems, where they play out, and maybe some of the advantages that come with bespoke and highly tailored systems. Of course, it's all good, isn't it, really? You know, if you're out there and you've got a mound of GURPS supplements and actually you run everything with the core engine of GURPS and you're having fun, then actually you've kind of found your own nirvana, really, haven't you? You've found that generic system that um, works for you, works at your table, and means you can apply it generically across anything that you do. And, you know, I tip my hat to you. Me, yeah, it's, it's never going to be me. I've got too many. I flit around. I enjoy the complexities and I enjoy the differences between different games and some that cleave a little bit closer maybe to particular uh, styles of play. And so there we are. Um, there are a lot out there and I've bought a lot of them and I use a lot of them and it's all really good. I will come back, I think, to generic systems or more specifically, I think, I will come back to very particular uh, uh, generic systems that I'm currently excited with or currently using. Right now, all right, maybe it's Omni and there's more to be said, certainly about Omni in the podcasts to come. So that's the end of this segment. In the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about current excitement in my gaming world and what's coming next. So, all right, what's going on? Well, this time round, there are a few things, I think, uh, which I want to talk about. One is um, a very interesting little product that I found on drive-thru, kind of by mistake. I think it appeared in my Twitter feed um, as a retweet, and I clicked on it, and it is The Keys to the Kingdom. It's a 70-odd page um, PDF uh, line art from Chris Walton, beautiful, uh, beautifully conceived map, uh, lots of line drawings of characters, and in amongst all that uh, sort of beautiful drawing, there are 10 sort of one-page-ish sort of scenarios which form out effectively the bare bones of a campaign set in these in this sundered kingdom, uh, a kingdom which uh, was once prosperous, but now uh, the king is dead, uh, and in his place lies a slumbering dragon uh, who has uh, basically destroyed the armies and between the bergs uh, of, of the of the cities uh, is danger uh, uh, their isolated world has collapsed and you play within that setting i think it's really interesting i got quite excited about it and in fact because it's very bare bones i started to think well what could we do that's a little bit different? And maybe we could do some collaborative round the table, round the players and the GM collaborative campaign building where we kind of build some meat on the very well you know, um, put together bones that, that Chris has given us. That sounded quite a lot, like a lot of fun. And so I am thinking about maybe doing something with the keys to the kingdom, but that brought me on to, well, how can we collaborate to uh, design together uh, around this particular setting and I started to look at something called campaign managers which are I guess what you would call them is like personal wikis or structured ways that people can collaborate and add text and images uh, maps um, the campaign managers themselves very much structured they're sort of folder structures and the way that they're conceived 
very much tailored for sort of tabletop re- uh, role-playing campaigns. I could do that. Um, I did look for free ones, you know, just to see if I could find it. And certainly you can register for free. Typically, if you want to upload larger images or have more collaborators or whatever it might be, uh, you're going to have to pay some sort of subscription. And that, that certainly was something I looked at. Instead, I'm probably going to be using uh, PM Wiki, uh, and I'm going to load that uh, uh, into a place. Now, I'm, I, I plan to collaborate with my good friend, the governor. Uh, I've acquired the domain ttrpg.uk. Yes, I have. It just sounded great to have that. So I thought some web presence frolics might be quite good fun. It only cost me a quid, I think. Um, But there you are. So I've got that. I'm quite excited about that, actually. And I think that it will provide uh, another creative outlet. Uh, By the way, there isn't anything there yet. So if you do go and look, uh, it'll probably resolve to nothing. But watch this space. I've got the feeling something will happen with PM Wiki and indeed other things. What else? Well, I'm really enjoying my weekly Pathfinder 2nd Edition game. So, you know, the, well, I say it's weekly. It's not even weekly, is it? Ah, but there's the rub. So, um, it's currently fortnightly. Uh, we're seven sessions in. Uh, we're just at second level, so I've, I've kept that a bit slower than I could in terms of level progression. But there's a lot of fun role-playing going on. And the online two-hour slots that you get soon burn through. But we are looking to make that game weekly. And I'm really excited about that, actually, to get the weekly game going. Um, it means that we've that sort of cadence is much quicker. Um, there aren't gaps. People are remembering much more clearly what happened last time. Um, and it's really nice that um, uh, players are wanting to, if you like, speed up um, that play and get that to a, m- a much more regular weekly slot. I think, with all the other things going on in our various lives, I think we can achieve that, which is dead exciting. And a, a recent purchase, again for Pathfinder 2nd Edition, is the Advanced Player's Guide. It's great. And I'm going to dedicate some more time in a subsequent podcast talking about that and about Pathfinder more generally. So there we are. That's that's it for this time. Now, I don't know if uh, really I am the whispering Bob of gaming podcasts. But if I am, well, listen... I'll take that as a very, very great compliment. And to my international listeners, well, you're going to have to look that one up, I'm afraid. It is considerably less sinister than you might think. So, there we are. Now, you take good care, right? And I hope all is well in these, well, these pandemic times. And that you are managing to navigate your life journey with a bit of a smile. We'll talk again soon. Bye for now.